Welcome to Lab the Podcast. We are uncovering enchanted reality through conversations with people whose lives and work give us a glimpse of the life and beauty of the gospel. We're so glad you're joining us for the conversation. Lab the Podcast starts right now. Welcome to Lab the Podcast. I'm glad you're joining us for a conversation with filmmaker Tracy Robinson. Her film, The Matter of Life, premieres in theaters around the country on May 16th and 17th. And in the wake of the leaked draft Supreme Court opinion concerning Roe v. Wade, conversations about abortion and abortion rights have been fresh everywhere from our social media feeds to our dinner tables. I know that's certainly true for my house and my kids uh, coming home with lots of questions. And, and good and important dialogue happening even just privately with our kids. A few weeks ago, before any news of the Roe v. Wade leak, I was invited to screen The Matter of Life ahead of the nationwide premiere. And as I finished the film, I needed to take a walk. And I was walking and just processing a range of thoughts and emotions. And I couldn't shake the thought of filmmaker Tracy Robinson on the day the film releases. Daring to share any creative project is a weighty thing, but daring to steward a project that enters such a vulnerable and complex space with wisdom and grace, that requires a certain combination of conviction and humility. And at the end of my walk, I still couldn't, or I could still feel that weight, and I feel it today. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to share some time with an artist with that kind of conviction and humility. That's a really special and rare thing. So filmmaker Tracy Robinson, thank you so much for sharing time with all of us. Thanks for having me. Typically, when we're celebrating the release of an album or a book or a creative project, there's this sense of anticipation and expectation and excitement, especially as it's just days away. And I'm sure you're feeling all those things. But one of the things I appreciate about your work is that sense of weight and humility you approach it with. This is a different kind of project. And you have that conviction that I was talking about, but you allow us to join you in this conversation, recognizing that it's not something abstract. It's a deeply complex and deeply personal matter of life. And I just have tremendous respect for the approach you took. It's an important conversation for us to curate and have here at Lab the Podcast because life and beauty are at the center of our work. The wonder of life flowing from this understanding of reality permeated with significance and imbued with dignity. That's at the heart of our work and who we are as a community. And so thank you. I'm curious, first of all, just how you're feeling. You're days away from the release of this film and stewarding a project like this is a, is a matter of years and investment. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling as you see it on the horizon? Well, I feel good. I um, am just trusting God to really give us a great turnout, uh, um, ticket sales to go up over the weekend. Um, I really am praying that the, the the theaters will be filled and each and every seat would be filled, that God would do a miracle um, and just the turnout, because I believe the more people that see this, the more lives will be not only transformed, but lives will be saved um, by the message of this film. Um, I'm It's sort of surreal because it took six years 
from when the inspiration sparked to now. Um, and so I'm not really sure uh, what to feel sometimes. Uh, it, it's really busy around here, you know, getting um, the word out and doing interviews and articles and posting, um, trying to raise more awareness of the film uh, in the in these few days. So um, when I but I, when I really do take some time to to reflect, I would say it's gratitude. Just my feeling is is just I'm thankful and I'm grateful to be here at this moment. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that mix, a com- complicated mix of all those emotions, six years uh, of investment in something to release it. And you, the release is coming in a moment that I don't think anybody could have expected. I certainly, I've been thinking a lot about this, that yeah, six years ago, you start this project. You have no idea the cultural context at the moment that it's going to be released. Where were you when you learned of the row leak and knowing that your film, the release date, I'm sure it's already set and those things are in motion. That's all happening. Where were you when you found out about the row leak and and what were some of your first thoughts as you thought our conversation is going to release nationally Mm -hmm. in theaters now in this context? Well, that afternoon um, before the leak, the distributors and um, our team, the theatrical distributors and our team were seriously considering canceling the theatrical release because ticket sales were uncomfortably low. Um, we've been blocked a lot on social media. Um, there have It's been really hard to knock on doors. People don't want to watch the pre-screening of the film or engage with it. Uh, it's just, and even existing Christians and pro-life people, you know, they don't, they don't, they'd rather give donation than buy tickets. Um, uh, it's not a topic that people even who know about abortion or are very pro-life, it's hard for them to even want to talk about or think about, um, because it is difficult. Um, so ticket sales were low and that conversation was on the table, uh, that, that we were going to cancel the theatrical. And about an hour later, I was at dinner with a girlfriend and uh, my phone started to blow up and uh, many people, including my team, were texting me the Politico article of the court leak. And after that, we decided to push forward theatrical, the the theatrical partners and distributors. They decided, let's just let's move forward and keep going. And ever since the article leak, we've had it's just been so much easier to open doors, to get ad space to um, get on shows and and get engagement on social media and um, people know how relevant this topic is it's always relevant it's always so important it's the most important issue of our in American society um, but people are it's at the forefront right now and that that is incredibly valuable so what what these people did out of out of um, just malice and um, ill intent to put pressure on the court to change the decision and causing rioting now in the in the outside the Supreme Court um, is actually doing good. It's going to backfire on them to bring more people to this theater or to the theaters um, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Well, it's it's incredible when you see that kind of reaction from the the leaked story, and to hear the the difficulty you had, the opposition, the this conversation, it's it it's divisive, 
it's difficult uh, even the even f- no matter which side of the conversation you're on it's a heavy conversation and mm-hmm. stewarding and curating a piece of art a, a conversation an invitation to think about something that can be so divisive and difficult and discouraging that is a monumental thing and i think that's again why from just an an artist perspective i have so much respect for you to steward a project to say yes to something like this i think there has to be conviction deep at the root of that because you're wading into something that uh it it does invite us all to think about something that is deeply important but it's something that we don't approach often for all the reasons that we said I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the journey that led you to make the matter of life, the personal side, maybe that conviction and where that came from that six years ago you would say, yes, I'm professionally, personally, I'm going to enter that space. Well, my background is in uh, film and video production and primarily as a video editor and uh, documentary video editing. Uh, specifically. I was a documentary video editor for many years, and that's um, my specialty. That became my specialty in my career. Um, But in 2016, I had been branching out and doing some freelance work and um, was commissioned on and off by a pregnancy resource center in California uh, to do promotional and testimonial videos for them, just for their fundraising and their banquets and such. And Um, I loved doing videos for them. I was so inspired by how they were helping women, uh, women in a time of crisis pregnancies, um, providing them with resources and, um, and education. And so, um, but I wasn't really pro-life. I was very much in the mushy middle. I was apathetic at best about the abortion issue. And I thought it was so nuanced. Like I couldn't, I could never wrap my head around uh, ever making abortion illegal. That didn't make sense to me. So I was, I took the stance of I'm personally pro-life, but who am I to enforce my beliefs onto other people? Um, and so it wasn't until my friends at the pregnancy center invited me to an apologetics conference. And the topic was going to be the case against abortion. And I decided to go and check it out and see what my pro-life friends are really talking about. And in less than two hours, the speaker, Alan Schleeman of Stand to Reason, he gave a clear, concise argument for the full humanity of the unborn child from the moment of conception. Um, And he invited us to look at fetal imagery and the aftermath of abortion imagery. And my mind was just blown. I was so struck with the reality and the truth about abortion, but just how clear and how how logical the message was. Um, And I was pretty much immediately downloaded, I like to say, downloaded this vision that this needed to be a documentary film because I knew there were so many people in my shoes who had never heard the message before, who had never heard the basic pro-life case who've never been invited to think about this topic more deeply and more, more, more accurately. Um, you know, I, in my experience, I, I was raised in church, um, not really a Christian growing up, but I was raised in church and, um, I, uh, went to public school. Um, of course you have, you, t- you are taught a certain ideology there. And then my family never broached the topic. 
So I just went my whole life without really addressing this, the abortion issue. Um, I was, I just subscribed to the euphemisms that I hear and, uh, you know, just this cultural uh, ideology. And so, um, so I was really struck and inspired by what I was hearing um, from the, from that night at the conference. But I had all these questions. Uh, I didn't know anything about Roe v. Wade or the truth behind Planned Parenthood. I wanted to know how we got to this point in our society. So I began researching and going on YouTube and reading books and just discovering the whole story of how we got here and the this amazing multifaceted pro-life movement um, and all the powerful stories therein of just people uh, overcoming their really troubling circumstances and using them for good and this kind of thing. So I wanted to I wanted to share my discovery journey uh, and what I was discovering and how to how to talk about abortion with others. Um, so that's how it all started. Yeah. Uh, you really thank you for sharing a little bit of your personal backstory, because I think that's all that's a lot of us um, that maybe grew up in the church. We're, we're a part of a religious organization or we say, yeah, I'm a part of the Christian faith. I guess I'm pro-life. Uh, part of our brain, you know, thinks that's a, a moral issue. Maybe some of it is just it's a political issue that stays in the abstract and we want to kind of avoid that. And I think you said the mushy middle. I think there's a lot of us who, for no malice, just find ourselves in that place. And because it's so divisive, so difficult, discouraging to enter that space, and because maybe we're so exhausted of polarization and so exhausted mm-hmm. of culture war, uh, I think specifically Gen X and below is just exhausted and bearing a lot of scars from culture war and living in a ravaged landscape of culture war. And we're just like, I don't want to participate in that. And yet hmm. when you start to look closer and closer and closer at life and the wonder of life and the, this early evidence of life, there there is something compelling there that that makes us want to pull that thread. And I think, thank you for that, for following it and for pulling it with the rigor to say, okay, I want to learn about this. How did we get here? And, and is this, what part of a kind of a, we would say a disenchanted age, can we get to where life is kind of this abstract thing and it's not, and yet it's this deeply personal issue, the matter of life. I think, um, the tension that we feel uh, regarding abortion, again, makes us back away from this. And I will be honest, when I saw the the link and the invitation to pre-screen the movie, I had to sit back and I thought, okay, um, I've seen conversations like this and, and I've seen them stewarded well, and I've seen some of them stewarded in a way that just adds to that divisiveness and and divide. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I want to lean in. And I did. And I started watching and it was the way you curated the stories, the way you invited us to hear personally and from different expert voices it was really well done and it did bring down the my personal temperature because i went in a little on guard i guess mm-hmm. how can how do you see the matter of life helping actually bring down the temperature because now it's like at a fever pitch and there we're entrenching on different sides and taking that predictable culture war stance and here comes your movie 
talking about the matter of life with conviction, how can you do that and how do you see it actually helping maybe bring down the temperature? Yeah, I like that wording, bringing down the temperature and taking the guard down. I wanted to extend an olive branch or an olive leaf to people that um, are hesitant hesitant to approach this topic. I uh, wanted to not beat people over the head with a message. I wanted to unravel this issue. I love documentaries that peel back layers and keep you on edge because you just want to know more and there's more to learn. Um, and I hopefully this documentary does that. It it keeps you on this journey of discovery um, versus preaching to a choir or or just hammering over messages. Uh, I wanted just people to just invite people to really question and think for themselves and and uncover and unpack this topic in a compelling uh, in a, a compelling experience. Yeah. I think you achieved that goal. I know you did for me that you lowering the temperature, helping that guard come down because again, we've been we've been burned sometimes by these conversations or left feeling we got beat over the head or made to feel maybe shamed for not feeling heavier conviction on some way. All those things have happened to so many of us and I really appreciate you did kind of unravel it and invite us to walk slowly step by step into it. And the way that it was done did that the the combination of stories and uh, facts and the presentation, I never felt um, that guard go back up. There were times where I thought that maybe it would, but it it didn't. And you all along the way you helped, uh, and I think that's really the craftsmanship as an artist to help us help us keep going in an area even when it starts getting difficult. You keep you kind of helped us along, and I appreciate that. Their culture is, you know, again, we're on the the edge of this big conversation now with the Roe v. Wade leak out there. And people are asking the question, okay, what happens in culture if this falls one way or the other way? um, What position should we take? And one of the things I found so great about the way you approach this is that this is a conversation that does need to be, we need to have a thicker conversation in the church uh, about this. We need to do it with grace and with humility and openness because a lot of people who this is deeply a part of their personal story are, are part of this church family. And so as the church itself and Christians think about the future, whatever way the decision of, of Roe falls, what are some of the things that you learned uh, that, that can be helpful just as we think about life uh, in kind of going forward in being a, a, a broad pro-life body of people who say yes to the wonder and beauty of life? What are some of the things you think we should be thinking about, no matter what which direction the Roe v. Wade uh, decision lands? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the biggest epiphanies that I had midway through production was just how rampant abortion is in church circles or Christian circles. I learned that four out of 10 women with an abortion in their past were churchgoers in the month they became pregnant. And I was just blown away by that statistic. Um, That's a care net study in 2015. Um, And I interviewed uh, this gentleman named Rollin Warren of care net. And he said that this is an issue for us as Christians. We need to overturn Roe v. Wade in our own pews. Um, And I thought that was such a great point. Um, and I learned a statistic shortly after that 
from a book called Deliver Us from Abortion um, that surveyed the land of Protestant churches, major Protestant denominations in uh, America. And um, well over 50% of major Protestant denominations are either silent on abortion or they actually make exceptions for abortion. And I thought, well, it's no wonder that you find four in 10 women with this experience um, who are going to church, they're getting abortions. So, um, and then consequently, you have people in your congregation, many people with abortions in their past. Mm. And so it's even harder to address this topic because your pastor is afraid to hurt feelings. Um, We don't want to offend anyone. Um, So we've, I feel like the church in America with many exceptions, by the way, there's a lot of churches that are taking a stand, trying to educate their, their, their sheep uh, or their, their flock um, on this issue and clarify things and offer resources to women. But in large part, the church in America has been really silent on abortion and uh, deferred to the culture to shape people's worldview. Um, and so uh, we don't want to bring up political things in church because it's too offensive or it's too contentious. And really the people are counting on church to give them perspective, to give them clarity and to give them um, practical tools um, and to address these issues, these very real issues in our culture that affect everyone. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I, um, my hope is that um, Christians, this is really a rallying cry for Christians. My target audience was always faith people, faith-based people, because I knew those are the people that are going to come see the film um, first. But what I realized midway through was, wow, this is a powerful opportunity for the church to to love their congregation 40% more, um, to really be the hands and feet of Jesus, to extend love and compassion to a woman in that crisis um, and to extend healing and forgiveness uh, for people that have abortions in their past. Um, so if churches aren't engaging on this issue, uh, like they should. Um, and so I, I hope that it has a transformative effect. Um, I hope that it has a healing effect, this movie. So um, some of the most, um, some of the biggest advocates for the movie have been people with abortions in their past because they realize that this is a preventative tool. You know, you can't unsee the, uh, this film. You can't mm. unlearn the information, the, the message that you get um, for young adults to see this film. It transforms their worldview and they, they hopefully find abortion to be unthinkable at the end. Mm. So, but it's really got to start with the church, with, uh, with Christians. If Christians aren't pro-life, who is so that that's really what i'm convicted of yeah it's it's so interesting to see how uh we live in a secular age the you know as lewis would say this universe drained of spiritual significance and we're feeling it i think our generation younger generations are feeling the Charles Taylor philosopher would say the malaise of that secular age, that life, the meaning of life has been drained. And really it's the church that has the, we, we have such a rich uh, opportunity 
to say, no, 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 no. Life is, is like we said, imbued with meaning and significance. Let's have a thicker conversation about life and that story. So you're, you're so right. And I think the artist, uh, the gift of the artist is to enter some of those provocative spaces that have been hard for us. And maybe we just don't know how to do that as well. And your gift as an artist to say, let's have these conversations. And within our church, these are the painful things that we are carrying, the complicated things that we're carrying that we are, that actually make up our lives. And you've given us permission to have a conversation and to do it in a way that says, I love what you just said, love people 40% more, love our churches in that way. That's, that alone is a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment to, to kind of go in and put some light in that space and say, it's okay, let's go right into that place. So thank you for that. And the film is different. Uh, like we, 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 you, you presented it well, how documentaries take us on that journey and help unravel and unpack things. Your film does that in a really beautiful way uh, by co- combining stories and expert voices and um, statistics and helping educate us, but also um, help kind of activate the left and the right brain. What is it that, that was that combination and that difference? How did you make the decision to, to use the elements that you did or the approach that you did? And, and what difference were you trying to kind of highlight from maybe other projects that we've seen in this space? Yeah, so I was very passionate about making it high quality and visual and not having it be, there's people talking in it, um, a lot of talking heads, but I didn't want to, I wanted to create visual because that's how I learn. I wanted to to be as visual as possible with what was being said in the, in the movie. So having as many illustrations, um, f- supplementary footage as possible. Um, archival footage, animations, um, just things to bring the message to life. I really think that images say so much. Um, pictures say a thousand words and moving pictures say so much. So um, that was something I was so passionate about is making it visually visually compelling as well as just the message being compelling because um, it's a deserving message. I really think that this message deserves to have high quality um, compelling imagery accompanied with it. And so, um, that's really, uh, and, and then as I was making the film, I, I continued to, to take the, the thinking cap of someone or to put the goggles on of someone who is still learning about this. Um, those, I was lucky enough to have that experience to really not know anything about abortion or Roe v. Wade or how we got here. And so I was able to take that, that audience seat as I was working on it and look at it through their lens to look at it through someone who hasn't, who hasn't been informed yet. Um, so, uh, I think that, and then also someone who has been, um, pro-abortion, hmm. um, you know, there's people that have these, there's a lot of questions that are, that are understandable, that are legitimate. Like it's her body involved. Shouldn't it be her choice? And uh, what if she's raped? Um, what about her circumstances? These kinds of things. Um, so I didn't want to tiptoe around those mm-hmm. issues. I wanted to address them, uh, not hit people over the head like like I mentioned, um, but address them in a way that is empathetic to people ha- with those questions. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for saying what you just said too. The, the in engaging those difficult questions and difficult topics and but doing it in a way with dignity for persons. I think one of the things that has been hard for me personally in the past is that we can be having a pro-life discussion while dehumanizing a person who has questions about abortion or has experienced something different or or radically is entrenched in a position that's opposite or opposing to ours. And that's always been hard for me as we engage this, that like you, we're pro-life. That means we're pro-life for the person who is struggling with this question and who has deep and complicated wrestling matches with uh, themselves and their families. And this is such a complicated thing for us to, to kind of unravel and to find our way forward in. So thank you for saying that. Uh, and that just as as you all are listening to this and you're digesting it, you go see the film, please approach this issue with that love and compassion and the reality that pro-life means the people that we're talking to about this issue. We, we carry that grace, carry that perspective of dignity into all of your conversations and discussions and debates and ask the tough questions, but but steward it in a way with dignity. And I think you've done that, Tracy, and, and I'm deeply, deeply grateful. That was very, very important um, in our cultural mm-hmm. moment uh, to start having these difficult conversations, but doing them in a way with artistic excellence, which you've done, and also with humility, but with conviction. That that combination is is rare. Uh, it's beautiful to see more of that. So, thank you. Hmm. Thank you. As a as a filmmaker, I'm sure I'm not a filmmaker, but you storyboard. I'm sure you chart out your outline. You kind of have a general sense of where you're going, where you want to start, where you want to end. The the tensions in the story. And so some of that you know, and then I'm sure there's some things that that do surprise you. There's areas where maybe you learn something or see something differently than you thought you would have. Did you have a moment like that in this making this film where you stepped back and said, I, I didn't see that coming or I wouldn't have thought that that would have impacted me in the way that it did? Uh, yeah, several times. I would say that um, editing was probably... editing this documentary was one of the wildest experiences I've had of seeing something come together. Um, and, uh, it was very emotional to work on. Hmm. Um, as I put these, especially the personal stories and there's a doctor in the movie who used to perform abortions and he tells his story of how he decided to stop doing abortions altogether. Um, just hearing that over and over again and have that work on me um, and have the, just the the realization that this movie is way bigger than me, <laughs> that I'm working on something that is really outside of my scope, but I'm seeing it come together on the timeline or on the sequence hmm. um, was very surreal and very uh, wild to me. Um, it, uh, it was not, it's never what we expect, right? Mm. Uh, I had written a script uh, that I compiled just from what I was hearing on YouTube or what I heard, like read in books and picked up along the way. I would just put stuff into a script, uh, trying to connect all the dots. Um, but of course, after you film, um, everything turns out a little bit different. So, um, so it was just amazing to see it turn out better than planned. and. Um, just to see the Lord really 
guide and, and direct every step to make this um, to make this as good as it could be. Um, I was really grateful to just hear the feedback from friends that I would show the rough cut to. I would show rough cuts to as many people as I I could, just different people, just to see their, just to watch them watch it and see their reactions. And so that helped me along the way too. Um, just uh, creating little tiny um, test audiences. Um, so I learned a lot along the way, just not only just um, this, uh, this message, uh, this powerful message of just um, how life is so valuable and we should defend life at any, um, in any circumstance, um, but just the filmmaking process when God calls you to, to do a project. It's really wonderful. Mm. It's great to hear you say like, that there's a calling to do a project. There's a there's something that says you get you have that artistic choice. And as a person of faith who says, like I'm an artist, but I'm doing that in partnership, and I get to choose the work that's important. And I, I love that you said yes to this one. I think it did take courage. Um, I remember listening to the interview with the doctor at the end, and by at the, at that point, I can't imagine you editing and editing and editing for hours in that space privately, kind of going back over these conversations and hearing them again and back up a few seconds, hear that again, because by that moment in the film, I emotionally I was having all sorts of feelings and my thoughts were kind of stacking up and that that story from his lips just a, about his experience was so moving and it took an unexpected turn I'll leave that for everybody who's seen the film but it really did it left a mark just his personal story and why he became convinced um, to take the position he did so thank you for allowing his story to breathe enough to have the space it did it was really really important um, to me what a powerful thing of art too here you are on the west coast doing this work with no idea who it's gonna where it's gonna land you know it's gonna change mm -hmm. lives you know it's gonna save lives and it did. I was walking that day, reflecting on that conversation that you had edited and chosen to put in there. So well done. What's wow, gen thank you. generally the response so far? You know, I've screened it. Many other people have screened it. It comes out on May 16th and 17th around the country. So far, what, what are you hearing? What are some of the responses that you're hearing as people come out of it? Well, yeah, uh, after pre-screen, after pre-screening the film, um, we generally hear gratitude. People are really grateful for the film, um, th whether their hearts and minds have been changed. Um, they, they've they never heard the message before or really gotten all the information before. Um, they didn't know how important or how dire this this issue is and how um, how just urgent this this need is in our community to address this issue um, and then there's people who are grateful because um, they're they're re-inspired maybe they've done pro-life work all their lives they've been in the pro-life ministry uh, in their career and the film re-inspired them like it gave them this renewed vigor to keep going and doing what they're doing um, and then uh, like I said earlier, um, people that have had abortions in their past, they're extremely grateful because now they have a tool at their disposal to give to, to others, to help others um, see the truth and hopefully prevent a lot of hurt and pain that abortion does cause. So overall, the, the response has been just 
gratefulness and thankfulness that this movie is is getting out there. When you think about that person, you know, we always try to write for a person. We have an imagination for who we who might see that that film and the day it's screened. I'm sure you've thought about that and imagined that person getting up from their seat and they're walking out to their car and you your your work has done its work. What do you hope people take away as they make that walk and as they go back home, as they sit down uh, after seeing the film? What was your hope that they would be taking away? Well, I hope that they would have hope, first of all. I hope that they can they will see um, real ways that they can get involved. I hope that they feel called to do something about abortion, the abortion crisis in our country. It is a crisis, and I hope that something inside them is stirred that the Holy Spirit would um, call them to use their gifts and talents to do something about abortion, um, whether it's on the pregnancy care side or the legislative side or the writing or, or making a film or um, just using people's gifts and talents and treasure to address this issue and to rescue lives. I, that's what I hope um, happens from this movie. Um, but I for, generally, I hope that people humanize the unborn child that there's there's no more discrimination of preborn children um life inside the womb is valuable no matter what circumstance he or she is in um no matter what circumstance mom is in um so we need to always remember that um and i think that this documentary i believe will help people go from seeing preborn children as some sort of subhuman um, deserving of life based on their age or their circumstances, or if it's convenient to you know, this is a, a human person, you know, deserving of life and protection. You know, we all started as this tiny little embryo with unique DNA. And there's, there was no reason for us to ever be terminated because it was inconvenient or it was unwanted. Um, so that's what I hope people always take away, like that they carry this into their whole life, that there, there'd be no forgetting just how valuable uh, preborn children are and how we have to um, do everything we can to help mom and support her and help her choose, choose life. Mm-hmm. I join you in that hope and that hope that we can widen our imagination and recover a really deeply dignified perspective uh, about life and life in its earliest forms. And I hope that that begins to color again our perspective on life of a middle school kid who is marginalized and hurting. And that changes the perspective we see somebody who doesn't look like us and that that carries all the way to the very end of life and the way that we see life at its latest stages. I think that's the significance of the work you're inviting us to, is to reconsider the matter of life, the dignity of life, what is it? And, and perhaps if we start in its earliest form, we'll be surprised at what comes at every stage of life and how that transforms us. I know I always talk about Martin Buber, the philosopher who said, you know, the most dehumanizing perspective we can have about human life is to, to make something an it or someone an it. And mm-hmm. we, we do that. We instrumentalize people. They become objects. And that takes all sorts of forms at all for, different stages of life. But to move from that to a you perspective is good, but you're still other. And we still see each other as others. 
but to, to go further and to pull that thread further up, further in and see people as thou really Lewis, again, there's no mere mortals. And that that story starts earlier than maybe we have been, uh, condition to believe. And so thank you for inviting us to widen the imagination and to consider the dignity and beauty of life, the matter of life. Uh, What a tremendous undertaking for six years. So congratulations on the completion of the film and we'll be praying for the release of the film. How can people go see it? Um, If people want to go find the matter of life, it it premieres nationwide May 16th and 17th. Give us the best uh, way that people can stop this conversation and just go look for tickets and go participate and, and say yes to the project by buying tickets. Yeah, they can go to matteroflife.org, not .com, but matteroflife.org, and they can find the ticket button there um, and search for a theater in your area. It's playing in over 600 theaters throughout the United States in a lot of major cities and um, and even you know smaller cities too. So check it out, and it's great to buy tickets early on. Uh, that way. It ensures theaters won't cancel to make room for bigger blockbusters. Um, So it's matteroflife.org, and you can find tickets there. Thank you. Matteroflife.org. Again, the movie premieres May 16th and 17th, 600 theaters across the country. Please go right now, matteroflife.org. Purchase your tickets. Share this link with friends. Share that uh, with everybody that you can. And let's just uh, help Tracy as she invites us to, to consider this and to have a good conversation. So share it with everybody that you can. Tracy, thank you. Uh, not only for your work, but for sharing the time today. We'll be praying for you. And I invite everybody who's listening to uh, please include Tracy in her team and her family in your prayers. Um, you, you've done a courageous thing and a creative thing, and, and we applaud you for it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for the conversation. Remember to like and subscribe to Lab the Podcast and visit VUVIVO.com to help us uncover enchanted reality. We'll see you next time.